0: This is a Clearview Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Carpe Manana, the show where we talk about how to capture tomorrow today. Thank you so much those of you who are tuning in on the radio, those of you who are listening on iTunes or another podcasting platform. Really appreciate you guys joining in the conversation. And while you're there, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. It helps us to stay visible and helps you to stay connected with all of our future content. Guys, we want to start this episode off the same way we do every week, introducing ourselves to our listening audience. Maybe we have some new listeners joining us today. We want you to get to know us and what we do here at Clearview. So to my right is... Abaddon Shaw,
2: and I'm in charge of preaching and leadership at Clearview, and to my right...
3: I am Kelsey McKeel, and I'm in charge of kids' ministry and theater here at Clearview, and to my right...
0: My name is Rebecca Shaw. I'm in charge of administration and kids' ministry here at Clearview, and to my
4: right... My name is John Galantis. I'm in charge of worship and media here at Clearview Church. And to my right.
1: Tomorrow. Ryan Hill, and I'm in charge of congregational care and student ministry here at Clearview Church. Guys, we want to talk to you about something today that's that's on our hearts with it being, you know, at this time of the year. We're not sure if we want to do this as a, as a yearly thing, but we want to talk to you about September 11th, the events that happened on that day and kind of how they've impacted us, how they've impacted our culture moving forward. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go back and listen to our podcast from last year, September 11th. We'll link that in the description for you. Um, but we want to talk to you about September 11th today and kind of the influence It's had on us in the years since. And Dr. Shaw, I know you shared a story with us about how September 11th impacted your family personally. Do you want to share that with our listening audience today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This was um, like any other morning, and my dad was here visiting with us right here in Henderson. And um, he is a pastor, as many of you know, has been pastoring the same church, the only church that he's ever pastored for. Coming up 60 years. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And some of his members were at that time, and still some of them are uh, in New York City. And so they called him up and they invited him to come and lead some revivals and meetings in New York among the uh, Indian community, the Christian Indian community. Right. And so he was here for that purpose. And so I remember him sitting in the living room with us this early morning. We were all just woken up, and uh, then we began to hear on the news. You know, you, you uh, the the newscaster uh, talking about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we d- we don't know what's going on, but there's it looks like one of the twin towers is on fire. We don't know what's happened there. So that's how it began. Right. And from there um you know reports start coming in as we're watching this uh live broadcast about uh seems like uh from what we're hearing now there was a plane that accidentally flew into the building and so we're like oh man that's terrible maybe their navigation must have messed up or whatever whatever and so we're sitting there watching the one of the twin towers on f- on you know on fire and smoke's coming out and all that kind of chaos on the ground as firefighters are running in and this and that's happening and then before we know it we uh, and I was not in the room when that happened or maybe I was I can't remember that but we hear uh, as they have the camera trained on those two towers another plane just hit the towers the other tower Mm -hmm. and I mean I still get chills when I think about that because I, I him rem- I remember the the news anchor saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, we believe the United States is under attack." Wow, it's oh, yeah. chilling. I got chills right now. Oh my goodness! And everything stopped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sat down in the living room and we're watching this, and and of course, um, you know it, it's chaos, and you know they're trying to locate President. Bush at the time. Uh, where is he at? What's going on? We we have you know Secret Service trying to protect him, and then there's a, a plane that is headed towards the Pentagon, and then there's a plane that is over Pennsylvania that uh that's we're getting reports now that has been. So I mean, it was like, how many more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. And I remember my dad, who is so astute when it comes to news. I'm he's like my model there Uh, ever since a little boy I remember him standing in the front yard with the newspaper reading the newspaper as he's getting ready the radio was playing listening to the news in the evening the last thing to do was to listen to the news I mean this is this is how I grew up right and he's sitting there when the second tower got hit he said that's the work of bin Laden I had never even heard of that person I was like who is that in America you see we I think we are so um illiterate when it comes to news and events. Yeah. And history and whatever and we're like who is that? He said, "Oh, he's a pretty well-known terrorist and he's he he must be the mastermind behind this."
4: Uh, he knew that pretty instantly.
2: Instantly. Wow. Because overseas of course, right. you know, right. in America we are so living in a sort of a bubble mm-hmm. so we don't think about those things. But over there uh the news is far more open, and uh he's also very well read about the events and current events and then, next thing, you know, by the end of the day, the name of bin Laden was everywhere, yeah, mm-hmm. right, wow, in wow. the newspapers mm-hmm. the next day, every newspaper had that face planted, and of course, you know he he uh took credit for that attack and all that kind of stuff, right, right. yeah, but uh, I say all that to say, it was a crazy day.
4: Yeah. Were you a principal at the time?
2: No, uh, no, I wasn't. Okay. I was. Okay. I was a teacher. Right. Uh, a math and science teacher from 2000 to 2001, right here in our town in Anderson. Right. right. Um, but in 2001, I told them I'm kind of done. I need to focus on my doctoral work. Right. And so I backed away, and this happened in September.
4: Okay. Okay, so you were at home with your dad. Was it surreal that, like, how crazy is it that my dad is actually here? Because he's not, he's not here very often.
2: Right. Oh, no, no. This was his um, third visit okay. to the United States. In his life? In his life. Okay. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that was the last time he's come here. Uh-huh. So,
4: but how surreal did it feel to know that, like, I can't believe this happened while my dad's here. And he was going to New York, wasn't he? Wasn't that the yeah. plan?
2: And in fact, he was doing revival at our church. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, which was at the time um, on College and Peachtree Street right. in Henderson, right? And so he was doing revival. So we had two days of revival already: mm-hmm. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and then tonight, Tuesday night, he was uh, going to get up and preach. And I remember him preaching about it. Did it
4: feel like the timing of that was like? D- did you did you see it as more coincidental, or did you say something spiritually is happening in this country for this for all this to be happening together?
2: Well, I don't know what the coincidence would be other than, um, you know, we were able to understand better what was taking place. Right. You know, that's what I would say. Yeah. And um, I know that the plans did change for him mm-hmm. because one of the reasons that my dad was invited to New York City is because they were thinking about planting a church there and asking my dad to come as the pastor of this Indian church. hmm you know, Indian-Americans, of course, you know, they're they're Indians by birth or ethnicity, right. but they're all Americans. And after that point, from what we heard, some of the people who would have come to those meetings actually died in the Trade Towers. Wow. wow. I
4: can't believe that.
2: So, I mean, all those plans pretty much were over. His yeah. meetings, that were scheduled the next week in New York, were canceled, and everything, you know, came to a halt. Wow. So maybe coincidence in the sense that God changed the plans. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. What were uh, I know that we're all various ages in here. What were y'all's impressions that you remember during
4: 9/11? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to remember because it, we talk about it every year and so it's easy to forget that it happened almost 20 years ago. I think it happened what? 2001. Now it's mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah. Happened 19 years ago, so for me, I was in like fourth grade, um, and my impression of it as a like a nine year old wasn't like it's hard to it's hard to explain because I remember being in fourth grade and then my teachers wheeled in that big cart TV on the cart that was strapped in and yeah. typically when that happens everybody gets excited because we're gonna like, we're gonna like watch Bill Nye or some something and I I remember everybody was excited just because the TV was rolling in but my teacher was just like distraught. Mm-hmm. Crying, yeah. and you never see your teacher cry, right? Mm-hmm. So we were like, "What is this?" And then she pulled it on, and they just we just spent the entire class period watching the news footage. And as a nine-year-old, I was like, "I obviously planes are not supposed to fly into buildings, but I'm not, I don't understand why everybody's so upset." Because in my mind, it's just a it's an accident that happened in another part of the the country. It could have been another part of the world for all I knew. And then my mom picked me up from school. She's trying to explain it. But, like, hey, this is really serious. We might we might go to war under this. The United States is under attack. But there's still not, in a nine-year-old's brain, a connection between, like, the, it, it, there's no reality. There's no weight to it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm.
5: I mean, I don't have a very vivid experience because I was only two years old at the time, so I don't have a lot. But I do, for some reason, specifically remember we were at Walmart, and somebody, like, was in the parking lot yelling, you need to go home and turn on your TVs. Someone flew a plane into the trade center and that's, that's all I remember from it, but it was really impactful because I was, it was just a weird moment. I don't even really even know how to explain it. Cause yeah. I, don't, I didn't really feel anything at the time. I was two years old. Yeah. I probably didn't even, I, I know I didn't understand what was mm-hmm. happening, but I do remember that for some reason.
0: And I was actually in first grade and we were actually in the middle of one of my friend's birthday parties in the cafeteria oh. and mm-hmm. it was, yeah, the teachers came in and we took some time to pray. And actually, you were there, Dad, um, leading the the prayer time for that. Right.
2: Yeah. This was kind of later in the day, if I'm not wrong, or maybe right. the next day. I don't know how that worked out. Where they invited me to come. And I do
0: remember we didn't really have school the rest of the day.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. everything went crazy, and and even though I had, I was no longer working at that school. The teachers uh, still invited me to come uh, and pray for the students. Right. So I remember doing that.
3: Right. I was um, 11 years old when the when this all happened. Um, and I was homeschooled, so I was at home when it all went down. Um, but we were in the middle of doing like social studies or history or something with my mom and my grandpa called us up on the phone and said, hey, "Are you guys watching the news right now?" And we were like, "What's happening?" And he's like, "You need to turn on the TV right now. We're under attack." And so I ran downstairs and turned on the TV um and it was just the first plane it hit at that point and so mom's like freaking out trying to call my dad cuz my dad travels for work and so he actually was on the way to the airport to go fly somewhere different but he was like he was supposed to fly that day to go somewhere for work um so she's freaking out cuz she didn't, didn't know if he knew what was going on so she was trying to get him to come back home um and so i'm watching the tv with my younger siblings and then we all saw the second plane hit together while mom was in the other room so we all started freaking out mom get back over here and yeah, it was chaotic that day. Um j- even just being at home and we were all just kind of like, I don't know what's happening. We were all freaking out. The the biggest thing that I remember though, like in kind of the aftermath of everything, at least from my perspective was just the sense of like patriotism and we're all like it like everybody kind of put any sort of differences aside just as a society and everybody on TV was all like it didn't matter like what political party you were. It didn't matter like what any other beliefs or anything was. Everybody was like, "No, we're Americans. We're all in this together. We're all on the same team here, so to speak." That was m- my impression, anyways. A, a middle schooler, but
1: yeah, I can remember at, at twelve, um, we had already we'd been dropped off my sister and I at school like normal, and uh, I I remember this because there was a kid in our class who. Delicately put, he liked to embellish things. Uh, he, the stories that he told you weren't always full of truth. Right. Uh, so he's the one who actually ran in and told the class that this has hap- happened. I guess he overheard a teacher or something talking about it, and he ran in and told our class. And we were all we all kind of wrote him off we're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're just spinning another tall tale. And then eventually, like a, a teacher came through like, we need to turn on the news right now. So I remember us kind of stopping. I can't remember when in the day we found out, but it was. I'm pretty sure it was after the 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 uh both the the twin towers had been hit. Um both those planes had already hit at that point. I can't remember exactly what all had happened, but I remember us just kind of sitting there shell-shocked, like watching the news and you know these these things that we'd read about in history books like actually seeming to unfold in front yeah, of us. They're happening. Um and I you know at 12 almost 13 I I, I don't really know that I had a, the best sense of what was going on, but I knew enough to know that this it felt scary because um, it was just on every station, everywhere you looked, every news source, this was just constantly in your face. And then I can remember in the days after that, this sense of like this was something that was done to us by outside forces, like the, we were under attack. There was this sense of like what do, What is it? What are the days going to hold? What does the future look like? How is this going to change the world? Because there were – I mean even at 12, thir- almost 13 years old, there was that idea of – it's going to be different moving forward, right? There's been a fundamental shift from this point moving forward. Um, and just kind of that uneasiness, like what, what's the world going to look like?
0: I'm wondering if any of us knew and dad, you might, you might would have known anyone knew about the third plane that was going towards the Pentagon.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, it became, because uh, you were in school, so you may not
5: have
0: I, heard. I didn't know about the third plane until yeah. I was a little well, older. Well, there are
2: four, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, one went into the Pentagon. By the way, that's what John mentioned. Yeah. yeah. We interviewed a couple who was right here at Clearview, mm-hmm. David and Evelyn Woodson, and they were in the Pentagon at the time. When that plane hit the Pentagon building, yeah, that in, was
4: actually episode six of our podcast. Okay, yeah. there
2: you go. So I really encourage you to go and listen to that Definitely. because
3: it's such an incredible story. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. it
2: is very incredible because he was, he was literally moments away from his office. I mean, he stepped out of his office. That's when the plane hit. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he, his he, wife he, is
4: getting a physical at the time in the Pentagon's yeah. yes. doctor's office.
5: It's, yeah. it's so crazy because the way he told it, it was like if he had been in his office, he would not have been here. Like the plane yeah. went through his office. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: y'all know what took him out of the office, right? It was his wife. His wife called him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she was trying to show him what was on the television. Cause the first plane had hit, he was on his way. And then the plane hit the Pentagon.
4: Yeah. yeah. That's a it's a nutty story, and I, I again, like Doctor Shaw said, encourage you to listen to it. Uh, we'll link it, but if you scroll down to the bottom of our feed, episode six, you can you can see it. But like I said, we'll link it. It's an incredible story.
1: My question yeah. is, um, and Doctor Shaw, you have probably got a better perspective of, of this than we do, uh, having been kids when nine eleven happened. But how how has this continued to impact our Culture, our society as Americans in the years since, and we're almost two decades removed from 9 11 now. How has this continued to impact the way that we think about life?
2: That's a great question. And I think it's impacting all your lives too. In some ways, some things are very obvious. Like you go to the airport, mm-hmm. you cannot go inside anymore yeah. unless you're traveling and you have a ticket. Yeah. I remember when we used to, a uh, bunch of us would actually go to the airport go inside. They would have restaurants there. You mm-hmm. could eat there. Mm-hmm. You go inside, wow. eat there. You could go sit in the waiting area and watch planes take off. Uh, We've we done that many, many times. Mm-hmm. Hey, you guys want to go to the airport? Yeah, let's go to the airport. Just
4: hang out? Wow. Just hang out. Wow. wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's and this that's is the
2: Atlanta <laughs> airport, one of the busiest airports in the country or in the world. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, that's over. Yeah. I mean, that's way over. Um, and now you have to pretty much... Undress yeah. completely <laughs> and if you yeah. want to travel. Yeah. You know, so those are some of the obvious things that I've happen. learned to
0: wear slip-on shoes when yes. I travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got
2: to dress
4: comfortable if you're going to travel. Yeah. Also, yeah.
2: be ready for people to yell at you. Yeah, telling yeah, <laughs> you all to the security. Yeah, yeah. So those are some of the obvious changes. Some of the other things that happened were um, with the patriotism, like Kelsey mentioned. Yeah, that was real because people kind of came together. It was a oneness in among the people. Also, um, churches were pretty full yeah. mm-hmm. the next week because people were seeking God. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the airport security remained, but people did not remain united. I mean, look where we are today. Yeah. There is a pandemic, and I believe this is in some ways an attack on the United States. Okay? This is—what this what happened this year is an attack. Yeah. Uh it's a different kind of attack, but it's a kind of attack that did not unite us, it divided us. Yeah. And it did not put church at the forefront like 911 did, mm-hmm. even though that didn't last very long. Okay. But it but at least people were seeking God. Here, how in the world did the church become non essential? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. It's almost the exact opposite
2: thing happened.
1: Well, and it's it's crazy too, because that was the very thing that was deemed essential. After 9/11 that's where right. people ran yeah. first. Yes. Yeah.
2: Prayer is important. Mm-hmm. And praying for our nation is important, praying for our firefighters is impor- important, our law enforcement, our military, our president, our our leaders, whether it's local, state, national, no matter which party we're praying for them.
0: Do you think our mindset was totally different then with that tragedy and this one?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I believe in the past 8 years uh, or so or 12 years I would say. Uh, Americans have been divided, mm-hmm. purposely divided along racial lines, socioeconomic lines. Um, you know, it, it's just so, on so many levels, Americans have been fragmented on purpose. Mm-hmm. And this, um, this crisis that we're facing in 2020, I'm not talking about the whole world, I'm just talking about the United States right now, Right again, has divided us. And, and I think uh, there are some um, forces, dark forces that are doing that. And it's not a good thing. Yeah. Okay. And I and I have talked to Americans, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, who understand this and then know that this division is not good and we need to come together mm-hmm. and we need to seek God, not get God out of the way, make God essential, make the church essential. Mm. And so uh, that is the difference I see. Huge difference. Yeah.
4: I would say that one of the things that I remember uh coming out of that as a result was that in I don't know if you guys ever had to do this, but did you guys ever have to do like current event reports in mm-hmm. school? Yeah. I after did. I remember after nine eleven in like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, we had to do things where we would have to find newspapers and um I don't know if we had really a lot of internet access at the time, but we had to find newspapers and we had to talk about stuff that was going on in the world and we had to write like a little one page report about it. But I never put together that it was because you know When 9-11 happened, we as kids and even some adults were just so blind, like you were talking about uh, at the top of the podcast, we were just so blind to things that were going on. I just didn't... I mean, even as a nine-year-old, but I'm sure if that hadn't happened as a teenager, I don't care what's going on in yeah. the world as long as I'm safe and happy. Right. And right. I remember that being a thing where it's like, okay, now even kids need to know what's going on in the world. They need yeah. to be informed.
2: Absolutely. And And keep in mind, this was not something unprecedented because this happened... During World War One, this happened. In World War Two, this happened. In the Korean War, Vietnam War, this was our generation's eye-opening event. Nine mm-hmm. Eleven. Yeah. Okay, so that was the case, and if we were to compare it to twenty twenty, uh, our eyes have not been opened the same way. Yeah, I believe, unfortunately, social media and biased media, news media has prevented people's eyes from opening up to the truth yeah so we became um or our eyes became open but not to truth it actually it's just uh it's, it's chaos yeah it it,
3: so many different opinions it's hard to find the truth anymore
2: yeah. yeah how do
0: you think it would have affected us if we did have social media at that time
2: wow that's Ooh. a great question i mean what do you guys think <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel
4: like because it was so obvious and so blatant and there's not a lot of room. I mean, you still had conspiracy theorists, but nobody really took them seriously. Maybe if they had social media, we would have. I don't know. I truly I don't like, know.
1: I feel like it would have at least given them more traction because with social media, everyone everyone's kind of a reporter. Everyone's a journalist yeah. yes. with, with whatever yeah. platform they have. So even... Even as outlandish as those theories might have been, I feel like they would have gained a, at least a little bit more traction because there's simply a, a wider audience. I
5: I sort of agree, but the only thing that makes me disagree with that is during that time of crisis, there was an object to unite against. During this crisis, we have an object to unite against, but not everybody sees that as the object, so we don't. We we're don't all have we're we're, we're
4: the objects for each other almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: and also this is the election year yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. that's true 911 was uh not the election year yeah yeah he was so going a year
3: in right to his presidency? it was a year in yeah
2: yeah wow so th- th- it's a it's a crazy year mm-hmm. where how would how would the world be if um if all this had happened in say 2019 yeah. or 2018 mm-hmm. i don't know
4: yeah i remember when the boston bombings happened uh there was a big push for like people on people on the internet to become like self-appointed detectives and there was a big push especially on reddit on reddit.com there was this big big witch hunt where someone like all these people were like hey i i know who it was i i've got evidence i've got this i've got that and it, they ended up causing a lot of damage P- wrong people got arrested for that And it was, I remember, I remember reading about that when the Boston bombings happened. I'm wondering if 9-11, because it's such a clear and present danger, it's not just me behind my computer. If that kind of, that same kind of gumshoe detective thing on the internet would have been happening.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, I
5: know that we had talked earlier and you talked about how there were people that were hurt by this that shouldn't have been hurt.
4: Yeah, Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. I mean, there were people who looked, you know, they looked Middle Eastern or Asian And so a lot of suspicions there. You know, I mean, you know, that was kind of obvious. And to me, I'm from India, so I'm dark, darker skin. So I, I, you know, I felt that too, but I I didn't mind it because I knew this, this was happening from that part of the world. So I didn't take it personally. I was like, okay, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there were rumors that were started about businesses owned by people with darker skin tone. Uh, right here in this town mm-hmm. where it was like, Oh, those we saw those people jumping up and down and, and rejoicing over this thing. Hmm. And wait a minute, those people were actually uh Syrian Orthodox Christians. They wow. were they were not terrorists <laughs> yeah. who were with a you know, an extremist Islamic agenda. No, that, that was very different people. So
4: what happened to their business?
2: Uh, the business shut down. Those businesses shut down because of the rumors, the bad rumors. And so we need to be very careful. Yeah. What is the lesson for 2020 uh, crisis? If you don't know for a fact what you're about to put on the internet, please
1: don't do it. Yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake. I hope all of you listening wrote that down. Please. Please (laughs) don't.
4: Because that was the big thing during 9-11. We're just taking in all this information, but we don't really have a platform to spew it back out and twist it and contort it. And now you've got that. I've got it
2: in my pocket right now. I mean, here's the thing. If you have gone to college, okay, if you go to college, one of the basic things your professor or instructor will tell you is when it comes to paper writing, not to use the internet. And if you use the internet, maybe once or twice, but the rest of the book should be reference materials mm-hmm. taken from the library, books, actual encyclopedias, dictionaries, not internet. Please help me understand, why is it that people who seem to be educated, hold decent jobs, seem to be successful or you know, whatever, middle class, doesn't matter. Why do we think that everything on the internet is fact? (laughs) (laughs) I
4: wish I knew. I wish I knew.
5: It's not even like a good source. It's not like they're going to like EBSCO host and looking up like certain articles. They're going to like some random, like, I don't even know, like new age website that's talking about something.
2: I mean, just because it has a... Website does not mean that information is accurate or that information has been vetted, yeah. or there has been some authority behind it.
4: Yeah. Don't take don't take your life advice from a top ten list on BuzzFeed yes. on Buzzfeed.
2: Yes, or if fifty people share it on Facebook or Instagram, yeah, or even Twitter does not make that story right. Yeah. And I think that's what one of the problems we have this year is uh, basic college level. Requirements. Yeah. You cannot use internet as a source. Yeah, I truly, I truly believe <laughs> yeah.
4: that most people don't even care if what they're saying is true. I, I think the end goal, honestly, sometimes is sounding smart. I, tr- mm. I genuinely don't care if what I'm saying is true or not. As long as you think I'm smart, I'm okay. Right. I right. think
5: that in being right, I've, I've made. Yeah, this, I just want to win the argument. Yeah, I've made this my position. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm bad. Therefore, I can't be wrong. Yeah. It's That's not right. like. I had a wrong opinion. I'm not a bad person. I just had the wrong opinion. I'm going to change. It's I had the wrong opinion. That means I'm a bad person. And when go
1: ahead. That's where we've gone is I disagree with you, therefore I, d- I devalue you. I, I yeah. don't think highly of you, and I think you're bad because I disagree with your opinion. When that's, not, that's never been the that's case. Yeah, why be. can't it's we have an educated conversation and just agree to disagree at the end of the day? What
2: I'll say is this. The pendulum always swings back. So we may look at this world today with the social media influence and and news media that is biased and all that and say, No, well this is what it's gonna be. You know, I tell you what, it's really bad out there, at the end of the world. Maybe it is the end of the world, hmm. okay? But maybe it's also uh the point where that pendulum has reached the max. Guess what? It's coming back. And when it comes back, it's going the other end, <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that coming yeah, back. I'd rather yeah. it stay in the middle, but usually it kind of swings all the way to the other side. Yeah, we'll take it as it comes. And but I will know one thing: God was in control in 2001, September 11th. He's He's been in control in 2020. There's not a single purpose that He had for the world, for His people, for this nation that has gone astray not a single purpose god is still moving forward that's right god's people need to trust him need to have courage and need to keep our eyes on the prize and the prize is jesus the prize is the gospel that's right the prize is to be the salt and light in our community Mm -hmm. the prize is to live out the christian life that's the prize that's right if we do that i think we'll be okay
1: Dr. Shaw, thank you for, for saying that. I think that was a, a perfect way to end our episode, a great reminder for people, not just those who went through 9-11 and who are at this time of the year thinking back to those events. Maybe they lost loved ones as a result of 9-11, so this year is always hard for them. Or those who are thinking about 2020 and how crazy this year has been. What a great reminder that God has always been in charge, He is still in charge, and He still has a plan for this world. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, guys. If you have any questions or any thoughts from today's episode, send us an email to carpe manana at clearviewbc.org. We love hearing from you guys. We read every single email that we get. Love joining the conversation with you. Make sure you tune in next week, same time, same station. And if you're not already, be sure to be... Make sure you tune in same... Make sure you tune in same time, same station next week. And if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time on Carpe Manana.